Hello and welcome to this latest episode of the Talking Heads podcast with me, Saul Walker. And me, Lucy Chamberlain. With lockdown limitations continually adjusting and the summer now looking us beautifully in the eye, we continue with regular discussions about our respective horticultural worlds. Putting the pandemic's grip on us aside, we sincerely hope that you found enough moments to quietly contemplate, distract yourself, gaze in wonder and generally pour positive and fruitful energy into this most glorious and rewarding of hobbies, which, for Saul and myself, we are lucky enough to also call our profession. Restrictions are still with us, experiences are still unprecedented, but Lucy and I hope that by providing you with a continued shortened version of this podcast every few days, you can easily fit a small dose of horticultural musings into your routine. We will, of course, still bring you longer bonus episodes too, when we chat to inspirational peers on more in-depth gardening topics. So fire up the kettle, get comfortable in your favourite chair and join us now for a 20-minute escape into the busy and exciting world of the modern head gardener. Hello, Mr. Walker. It is lovely to see you. You look very rested, which is not really much like me at the moment. I know you and I have got lives that are going in completely opposite directions. You've just had a week away um, and I have got the uh, on the horizon. Uh, Ian, my husband, has just started on the harvest. I won't see him till September. Jade, my apprentice, is having a fortnight off. So at the hall, it's been literally noses to the grindstone for the last couple of weeks trying to get things sorted. And now I'm on my Todd. So I'll need a a holiday in soon, but you've just had one. So tell me what you've been doing. I'm incredibly relaxed. Let's say that. Do you know, I know we love being in our gardens and we we love the work. We love the week to week, seeing the guns change through the seasons but every professional gardener needs to take some time off just to relax and reflect Mm. and you know so that they can renew themselves and go back to the garden with fresh eyes and at the moment that's how I feel I've had to well I've I've actually had sort of two weeks off because the first week obviously I was with my back problem which I'm glad to say is now almost a hundred percent so that's that's good news brilliant and then this week yes I've had the I've had an official holiday uh, I haven't haven't been on holiday as such, but um, with the the lockdown relaxing, I have managed to get out and see a few gardens. So th- the one highlight was on Wednesday. I went down to see the the garden at the Minac Theatre. Mm, For those lovely. people who don't know the Minac, it's an open air theatre, quite a quite an atmospheric one because it's built into the cliff um, down near Land's End. So it's right on the edge of Cornwall, right on the edge of the UK. Uh, and it's an it's an outdoor theatre, so obviously that's their main thing is um, the arts and the culture there. But it also has quite an amazing exotic, a dry exotic garden. So we're talking succulents, right. agapanthus, yeah. and all sorts. But the main thing is is that the uh, the management's changed the garden, and uh, two good friends of mine who I've mentioned on the podcast before, Claire and Jeff, who also own Penberth Plants, they're mm. my main source for all the proteaceae. Uh, collection that I had, the Proteas and the Banks here, they've just taken over uh, the gardens, heads of garden there, and they're starting to, um, mm. let's say, renovate the garden. Um, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. it's been there for a few years now, so it needs renovation. And I was quite excited to hear their plans. I really think the Minac is going to be the place to visit. And I'm hoping that you and me, when we can finally see each other 
in real Yay. life. We'll go down to the Minac and uh, Jeff oh. and Claire are going to be one of our bonus podcasts for the future. So, um, oh, do you know, there's been rumours, hasn't there, of the Talking Heads tour. And, the Talking uh, Heads? What, the road, yeah. the road show? Like the, the road old, chip. Like yeah. the old BBC One road show. We're going to take a, a van around and we're going to do a podcast in all the gardens. <laughs> yep. That's the one, living the dream. And honestly, that, that sounds like the one of the most exciting places to be. And I, feel, I, I imagine that your garden space, because I know you like to cram it full of exotics, mm. and I know that uh, uh, it's the temptation is, is very often too much for you, and you, and you do purchase the odd plant. Yes. Do you realise now that with this, this the, the new management of the, the Minax, that are, are you going to have to maybe rent a space of garden from your neighbours <laughs> just to kind of tame the obsession as best you possibly can? It is funny. Um, I'm actually off to go and see Mike Clifford. People who go on Twitter might know Mike. He has one of the, the premier exotic gardens in the country. He's based in Paul. Mike has a few plants for me to pick up tomorrow. So <laughs> the collection is ever expanding. I, I've noticed the plants are starting to go up onto the third terrace. So uh, yep. that means I'm going to have to start actually building some beds at some point and actually plant these things out permanently. But um, And you don't need to park your car on the driveway. You can park your car on the road. Then there's, there's a whole new space to fill. Do you know, I was looking at the other side of the house thinking, uh, yeah, the driveway has got plenty of room for for a new polytunnel, at least for winter. Oh, so, my goodness. There you go. <laughs> uh, well, well, that sounds like um, the, your, the retail therapy that uh, many of us need at this time, uh, you, it's going to be coming your way thick and fast. So I'm, mm. I'm very envious. I, I've been... I'm I'm with my obsession, which is fruit and veg. I am now in mid-harvest, harvesting my socks off at the moment. So mm. um, I've just been to the hall this morning, actually, and harvested a whole, whole load of stuff. Um, and I've been eating my first sweet corn, um, picking loads of... We've got gooseberries at the minute. The Victoria plums are not quite there in the green gauges, but they won't be far off. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a time of abundance for me. Mm. It's going to soon be a time of... Um, thriftiness for you when you have to cut back on uh, all your niceties of life because you spent all your money on the exotic plant collection but hey you know <laughs> hey hey who, who needs it's, christmas it's important. who needs christmas you don't. you don't it's just commercial stuff isn't it really? yeah, exactly so. <laughs> anyhow so that's that's been you and i for mm. the past week or so having a bit of a catch-up um on what, our, what we've been doing and um, what we want to talk about in this podcast is uh, we feel now that as we say that the so there is now a significant part of horticulturalized life post covid and we're starting to see the kind of more semi permanent reactions to this pandemic yeah. and, and what's occurring so we thought we'd just chat about them today to talk about the good and the bad and and see what you know what we feel about these things and um the first thing we want to talk about I guess is the the negative. Let's get that out of the way. We know that um, we've there's been some reshaping of organisations. And so you mentioned something about the Eden Project to me before we press record. So do you yeah. want to get people up to speed on that? Unfortunately, the Eden Project announced about a week, a week and a half ago, um, that they unfortunately were going to have to make a few redundancies. They were they were almost going to have to take a third of their staff away, um, oh. which is a shame. Obviously, Eden's a bigger. Um, organization than just its gardens it's got a lot of other mm. things it does um, but in terms of the garden staff they were going to have to lose a, a third of their gardeners which is yeah. incredibly sad um, Eden's obviously had peaks and troughs in the past uh, according to how much funding it gets it is heavily reliant on the tourist industry so obviously 
during the pandemic, they have had no visitors. Uh, and although visitors are returning to the West Country, they are obviously not in the rate they need for this summer. So they are looking at a shortfall uh, and redundancies because of that. Uh, and it is sad to say that I don't think Eden will be the last of the organisations. I'm sure National Trust, RHS, English Heritage, all our other big gardens are going to face a shortfall this year. Um, we've just had Catherine Potsides on our bonus episode, the, uh, literally the last episode, who's already yeah. told us that Cardiff and Chatsworth shows won't be on next year due to financial constraints. So... I think we're just probably at the start of seeing the uh, the fallout from uh, almost four months of being shut and, and lots of things being cancelled. And, and it's going to be quite sad that I think um, got the, employ- the employment side of horticulture is going to suffer. Not, and not just people losing their jobs, but also jobs not then being available for people to go into. And obviously that will have knock-on effects in terms of training, people coming into the industry and things. So uh, I think it's something we're going to have to keep an eye on. And I think there maybe have to be a lot of support in the future for, for these gardens and hopefully people will support them because there are people's livelihoods and jobs going to be in the balance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so our hearts go out to the people who are, are sadly at the coalface of this and are experiencing job losses. So we, we really do feel for you in that scenario and, and we, we do hope that you're going to be okay. Um, so, so we'll move now on to something that might be uh, deemed a more more positive uh, outcome of this and we were talking off air about what we were going to talk about today and we we, we mentioned the um the switch for garden centers to change yeah. and nurseries to change from obviously having loads of customers over the threshold to now looking at um scenarios such as click and collect or maybe moving into more mail order um and it it seems as though the demand is Definitely, definitely there. I've um, been looking to try and stock up some areas of the garden this summer, and I'm going to be doing a massive, massive amount of, of planting up in the autumn at Donnellan Hall. We've got some big renovation projects going on that are creating lots of bare spaces. So I'm very much hoping to to lean on the nurseries to get some stock in. Um, and say so you you we're all with we're thinking that as I said that the public are very much wanting to support nurseries and garden centres and are. Um, if they're visiting and you, you you visited a garden centre, I, I still haven't done that yet, only because uh, my my husband sadly is uh, slightly high risk, so we're still being a little bit cautious. But I know you have said that you found when you go to garden centres, actually they're still relatively quiet and relaxed and um, provide you with a, a a very secure shopping experience. And we'd love to know what other people think. If you've been to a garden centre or a local nursery since the pandemic was uh, was, was was has has hit us, um, how do you feel about it? Do you feel that every, everything is um, being done to to keep you safe? Uh, we get that general feel from 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 the discussions that we've had with with friends and colleagues. So. Um, and have you been ordering plants all yet? As I say, I, I've done a little bit, but I'm I'm holding back until autumn because we've got very light sandy soil at the hall, and I I really can't do much planting until the autumn. So, but I know, with the, like I say, with your exotic obsession, you probably have been maybe spending a little bit of money on these plants. Yeah, by this this point in the summer, I would have usually been to quite a few of the sort of specialist plant fairs or or even the shows, and I would have actually spent quite a bit of money, but. Um... 
Obviously, I haven't been able to do that, but I still had to get my plant fixed because... Of course you did. You know, you're a human being. I'm a human being and, and I'm obsessed <laughs> with these things. I think someone called me a plant nutter the other day. So that's probably uh, that's probably a good t- title to have. I think but so. yeah, so I have been ordering um, plants online. And I've got to say, the nurseries have done really well. I, I know right at the start of this, uh, at March, uh, we were all very worried as an industry about where it was going to go. The mm. garden centres had to close, nurseries had to close right at the start of that Easter uh, break period which is a massive um, period for the industry of making you know most of its money for the year so yeah. I know a lot of the wholesalers especially were very worried about where all the plants they've been growing for the past year were going to go um, but it seems actually it's gone in the other direction in that lockdown has obviously meant there's a lot of people out there who want to get into their gardens involved with gardens and they want to get plants and lots of the the bigger nurseries, the wholesale nurseries, and the smaller independents are finding that they are being stretched to the limit on their mail order. Sometimes three hundred percent more sales via mm. mail order, and obviously using online and the internet, and than they had previously. Um, I know I was talking to Jeff and Claire down the Minec, and they've done exceptionally well out of their. Uh, online presence and I think a lot of the especially the independent nurseries who never used to sell in that manner uh, they used to rely on people coming to the nursery or going to the plant fairs they've tried the online they've been very successful and I think talking anecdotally to them that may be where they're thinking the future for their nurseries are because obviously Mm. going to shows uh, and owning big nurseries has a lot of overheads for them so if they can get away with just staying in one place and being able to send plants from that one place to people then obviously that saves them quite a bit of money so i have a feeling that that is going to be the future um way we may be buying our plants i i will say for someone like myself i do still like the tactile going to see the plants. So I especially love fairs because you don't know what they're going to bring. There could be something really exciting mm-hmm. you find. So part of the experience for me of going to shows and fairs is that excitement of knowing you might find something interesting. And obviously also talking to the nursery holders and the plants, men and women who really know their plants. But I think most of the general public are now so used to buying online for all kinds of goods you know i buy most of my food online now and and kind of things i think about 10 years ago that i never used to do that so plants is only a natural um way that we're going to do it in the future and i think it's really suiting a lot of the the smaller nurseries and the big wholesalers yeah i hope the transition for the for the nurseries because as i say we know that there's some large-scale producers of plants in the uk but also many many specialist nurseries who we are dearly fond of i hope the transition from um being more of, as I say, expecting visitors to come to the nursery, to having to get to grips with mail order. You know, I, I imagine many of them maybe didn't really have much of an active website and have had to go through exactly. the process yeah. of, of incredibly quickly getting to grips with this, investing time and money in setting up a website, the whole mail order um you know, scenario, there's there's the packaging to think about, um, taking all the orders in and ensuring that you can meet those demands because the demand has been really, really high. So it's probably been a very steep learning curve for many people involved. And again, we just really hope it's something that 
now you can maybe heave a small sigh of relief and think, right, we've we've got that sorted, we've done that. Um, the public is out there really wanting to buy the products. I know, as I say, I, I'm not buying plants at the moment, but I, I know way back when the pandemic started, looking to the, the seed companies to go to websites such as you know the the big bigger seed companies and the, and small ones too. So I'm talking about people like Sutton's, but also slightly smaller companies like say Sea uh, Spring Seeds, um, people like uh, Chilterns, uh, um, Penards, Penards exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, Tomasetti. Everybody uh, seemed to be inundated with orders, and um, so we we hope that that means that when it comes to the financial perspective. You, you you hopefully haven't taken too much of a of a hit um we hope but that's all we can that's all we can say we we just really feel that feel for you and, and hope it's been a as i say a relatively okay transition i'm sure it's not been stress stress free i'm sure it's there's been lots of ups and downs and learning curves and and frustrations but uh i really hope that now at this stage that we're at that you feel slightly more confident and reassured that um it's not quite not quite such a bottleneck of work. I, th- I think anecdotally, from what I'm hearing from uh, my network of people and, and, and the industry news, it, it's positive so far. So I think you, I think you're right. I think mm. uh, it was it's a bit of a learning curve, a bit of a hard hit to start with, getting your head around it. But I think things mm. are going well. Now, one thing that is still not really occurring, well, not in my sphere of the world, is um, societies. Um, people like the Hardy Plant Society, Alpine Garden Society, Chartered Institute of Horticulture, loads of different uh, gardening clubs out there are obviously still not able to meet. They've, it's very much... Uh, uh, a social world these these clubs and societies and that people usually pack out village halls or you know um uh sports halls and, and places and uh they're obviously bringing plants into show and uh speakers come in so uh, mm. and a lot of these societies i will say are on the older end of the spectrum uh age-wise so i think a lot of people are still very nervous to meet up in groups um but having said that, uh, this week I've just start, seen a slight uh, change in that lots of people are starting to get involved online again. I, I think online has come to save a lot of this. Um, I think the word Zoom has become one of the big <laughs> words of the year. I won't be surprised if it's one Definitely. of the dictionary words of the year for next year. But um, <laughs> we just had our first uh, Alpine local Alpine Garden Society committee meeting on Zoom. Uh it was a learning curve for some of the members, uh, I must say. Some of them don't use this kind of technology often. But actually, when we got it sorted, the committee meeting went well. And actually, very similar right. to a committee meeting when we meet up. And now we're yeah. discussing whether we actually do a full um, society meeting with a, with a talk, because Zoom's very good. And I will say there are other video conferencing software available. But uh, Zoom, you can put PowerPoint presentation up and someone can talk over it just like you would do if you were um, there physically. Actually there. Yeah. yeah. So oh, I'm, I think that may be uh, the way we might be doing the ne- at least the next few meetings uh, until we feel more comfortable with meeting up physically. But I have noticed also that the National um, Society, so I should explain, a lot of the societies have a national body. Um, Hardy Plant, Alpine Garden Society, lots of them have a national 
and then they break down into local groups generally yeah. county bound or, or multiple counties come together and they'll have a club and they meet physically but obviously they have an overview from the from head office as we call it but a lot of them have now been putting on central talks as well um, which is something they didn't used to do because they used to leave it to the local clubs uh, and they've had zoom talks over um over the video conferencing and they seem to be very popular and what's nice about them is they seem to bring uh, the national clubs a bit more together um, which is a nice nice feeling because I think everyone's been feeling a bit disjointed or, or out on a limb so so far as far as I can see although it will be nice to get back to seeing each other physically and having that sort of camaraderie and and that conversation so far mm. The online uh, option seems to be working as a way of at least keeping society and club functions going. Yeah, yeah. I mean, isn't a slightly separate topic? My husband, who's a member of the local parish council, they've been having Zoom meetings all summer. And again, um, it's it's really straightforward. I, I, I'm, we, we use Zoom for the podcasting, so I was able to train Ian up on how to, to get to grips with Zoom and uh, join the meetings. Um and so, you know, half a dozen people in the village have all been sitting together, uh, having that learning curve, getting it done. But once once you you get over that, um, it's it's relatively straightforward, and you still sit there having a, a chat. And I I listen, and I think it's been an hour and a half now. They're still going, and uh, it's it's a really sociable, lovely event. Everyone's laughing and joking and very relaxed. Um, mm. So so I I think the group Zoom meetings, as you say, although I've not at the moment seen the or joined a society group meeting um, on Zoom, I, I I do think they would be very lovely relaxed environment and and totally totally safe obviously i am due to give a talk in september actually to a uh, uh, horticulture society it's the gallywood horticulture society which is the uh, peter seabrook's society in chelmsford and we are due as at the moment to actually for me still to go to the uh, the building and have that talk so i'm interested to see how that pans out and um whether we it, it comes to fruition, I'm really hoping it does because, as you say, I, I as, as as good as Zoom is, I I am missing the interaction of of people mm. and, and getting yeah. together. And I th- I think that September is is quite a way off. A lot will happen by then. So hopefully, um, hopefully, if hopefully things go in the right yeah. direction, then we'll be more and more relaxed, which seems to be the way things are going. Uh, thank goodness. So so yeah, um, we shall we shall see how it all unfolds. But but generally, our our feelings about, as I say, you know, life post COVID for the horticultural sector. Yes, there are some negatives. Obviously, we understand about the restructuring of organisations. I'm sure there's individuals who have suffered financially too. But we, there are some silver linings to the clouds and some yeah. positives that have happened. And um, yeah, yeah. So hopefully, uh, people are going to have a relatively relaxed autumn and um, go into the new year feeling that we're we're armed for every eventuality. So that concludes today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed listening and would love any feedback or reviews you feel compelled to give us by your preferred podcast provider or social media platform. Life in the garden and out of it continually evolves for all of us. 
there is now reference to a new kind of normal, and we are excited to hope that this will bring opportunities to visit gardens, friends and colleagues old and new, so we can gradually adjust from virtual to actual worlds. Specialist nurseries, gardening charities, small businesses and self-employed individuals will still rely on us for financial support and encouragement over the coming weeks and months. We hope everyone in this profession is digging deep and finding ways to flourish. We are continually thinking of you all. Until the next episode of Talking Heads, goodbye! goodbye.